Hey, your cult leader Tom here, welcoming you back to We Were Phoenix. And also just saying that last week I said we may have to cut it down to three episodes, but I'm happy to say, no, we are going to get four episodes out of this. We will be back next week, which is convenient because that means our last episode will drop the day before Rebel County Wrestling's first show. And to get that plug out of the way, Rebel County Wrestling's all shit. Here we go again. Tickets available now at Eventbrite.ie for November 5th in the keynote. There's not a lot of tickets left, so if you want to see the show, better get in very quick. And we're going to start the show off not just quick, but also pretty hot. We're going straight into a message from a past Empress champion who had a meteoric rise in Phoenix Wrestling, as we will hear. Let's hear from the opulent saviour of destiny, Anita Vaughn. Hi, Anita Vaughn here, here to talk about my favourite memories of Phoenix Wrestling. Um, and I'll try and keep it short and sweet because this is not my podcast. Um, so straight into it, the first ever Phoenix Wrestling show, the uh, FSIC, not another wrestling company show. Um, now, I only was helping out at merch for it, but like if you were a part of it, if you were in attendance, if you were a wrestler on the show, I think everybody knows how special that first show was um, and how much it meant to the talent and to everyone involved, like to kind of finally have this scene that was something to be proud of um, and something that was positive. So that first ever show, and you can see it in all the matches. Like if you go back and watch it, like how much it means to everyone involved. So if you can find that first ever show, do go back and, and definitely watch it. For me personally then, um, I got to debut. I got I had my first ever wrestling match with Phoenix Wrestling where I tagged with Matt Skyler <laughs> in um, in Cove of all places. Um, and that was, a, that was a really fun memory. Um, and then I suppose my over-18s debut was another big one. And that was a surprise debut um, where I debuted at 28 weeks later in front of that Kino crowd. And getting to wrestle in the Kino as well, like in front of the, that over-18s crowd. Um, and that, like, I'll never forget like coming out, cutting that promo and just like kind of getting to like bounce off the crowd. And like, I loved it. Like, and I'll always remember it. Um, I suppose post-COVID then. It's probably where I've had my favourite um, memories of Phoenix Wrestling. Um, you know, big shout out to the saviours of destiny. Um, to the two boys, Andy Steele and Owen Richards, forever champions. Uh, great guys. <laughs> and LJ Cleary as well, like who brought me into the saviours of destiny and helped me to win that Empress title. Uh, but that was a huge, huge moment for me. When that is a career highlight so far is is winning that Empress title in the Circus Factory against Raven Creed. Um, like, I really love that match. And I don't think people kind of realise like how much that match, that Good Friday show meant to me. I suppose, like, obviously from a wrestling perspective, like, it was a great career moment. But, um, like, even personally, like, there was like, a lot going on for me. Like, a few days before, I had just lost my grandmother, um, which I suppose, like, people didn't know. <laughs> but um, like even going into that show, I I I text Bedlam, and I I let him know, hey, this is after happening. I might not be able to do the show. I don't know if I can do the show, uh, and it was literally straight away, no questions asked. Like we are here to support you. Whatever you decide to do, whatever you have to do for you and for your sake, like we're here. We back you one hundred percent. Like Phoenix is a family, and like I truly felt that, um, and I'll never forget it. And I'll, I'll always be grateful for how 
how much Phoenix lived after me, like in the four years. But in that moment, I like I really felt it. And I'm super, super grateful. Um, obviously, then getting to be a part of the last ever Phoenix show in the Kino um, in that Empress title match against Debbie Keitel. And I think it was a really good match. I really, really enjoyed it with uh, Katie Harvey as a special guest ref. Um, nothing but positive memories. Phoenix Wrestling, I think, has like this great legacy to leave. Like, it's obviously like something that cork wrestlers and monster based wrestlers can be super proud of and it's definitely something that like means a lot to everyone involved here uh, and it's going to be hugely missed but i suppose the big takeaway is like phoenix wrestling came in and it left the cork wrestling scene a better place than when it found it and that is a huge positive so thank you phoenix thank you for the opportunities for the memories, for the friendships, for the training, for everything. Uh, it was a, a very good four years. So yeah, that's the uh, third of all three empresses that now had a, a message uh, in the podcast. Thanks to them all for doing that. All left their, their mark in lots of different ways. She mentioned she was on the merch stand the first show. Yeah. She just debuted OTT. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an empress champion for me. Like the there that there's not a full stop at the end of that sentence. No. Her story and her rise is yeah. going to be yeah. and others beyond most this, massively improved which, person. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, night and day, and she's she's only, she's got so much potential to get even to better and faster and stronger and more confident. I think she has all the tools that can she can go very 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 far. Yeah. Um, and she's getting she's she's the most committed person I've ever seen. She's driving to Dublin three times a week for training. Mm-hmm. That goes like that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Dublin isn't fucking. It's not going to. It's like going to the shop for a, a pack of beans. Like yeah. it's two and a half hours up and two and a half hours down, and that road doesn't get shorter. Yeah. So amazing commitment out of her, um, and she's getting uh, everything she deserves in uh, a big match again the Fight Factory soon, right? But I don't think that there's anybody in Irish wrestling can touch her mic skills at the moment. Yeah, I think she is phenomenal on the mic. I just see her, saw her again at the Fight Factory on a, a, a next gen show on Saturday. You were there, uh, yeah. doing a gauntlet, cutting promos. Like the the confidence she's gotten from from the Savers of Destiny, working with them and getting trained in Fight Factory. It's night and day. Like that, oh, it's yeah. night and day. Her performance yeah. is unbelievable. But her promos, mm-hmm. there's no one can hold a candle to her. I think uh, Justy probably in 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 but in a different way. Yeah. But her 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 God is in the detail of 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 what she does and the delivery of her promos and the one OTT as well was fantastic. Yeah. Feels like she's never kind of like sometimes you see someone get a problem and they feel like they're kind of get backed into a corner. It feels like she's always totally in control of the situation. Absolutely, it's, yeah. Uh, amazing yeah. to watch. Uh, speaking of people on the mic, we just talked about the first ever anniversary show. We have a message from uh, the man on the mic from what a swell party that is, uh, Red FM's from the Big Red Bench, Rory O'Hagan. So let's hear what Rory has to say. Hi guys, uh, Rory O'Hagan here, uh, sports editor of Corks Red FM. Massive, massive Phoenix wrestling fan. Yeah, it's very, very sad to see it go. Uh, I know Bedlam has put his absolute heart and soul into it over the last couple of years and uh, and I, I've seen just how much uh, it's taken out of him. Bedlam's become a good friend over the last couple of years because we've had uh, the Phoenix guys on quite a bit with us over the years and that started back uh, before um, Phoenix Wrestling and the, the previous iteration of, uh, of Cork Wrestling. Uh, so I've gotten to know Bedlam and the guys very, very well and uh, it's always been a pleasure having them on. It's always been great crack. Um, it's 
um, they've always been great interviews which is why I like having them on my show and uh, it was always a pleasure to go to the shows it was always so much fun you were always guaranteed just like such a a great night out at a, a Phoenix wrestling uh, show no matter where the venue was if it was in uh, the Kino if it was uh, down in the Circus Factory it was just always um, a good night because the wrestlers there are doing it for the love of what they do it's their chance to show what they can do to the public and, and show what they've learned and show their dedication their blood their sweat and their tears and put it on display for everyone all the stuff that they've done um, behind closed doors at training it's fantastic to see wrestlers uh, take to the stage take to the ring at a Phoenix wrestling show uh, and show what they can do and show what they've learned and it's been fascinating watching wrestlers evolve from I suppose almost shy quiet timid wrestlers to to, to stars um, over the last number of years and it's been an absolute pleasure watching the growth of Phoenix in that time as well um, try and think of a number of highlights um, from the last four years obviously the, the first show in the keynote was absolutely electric um, the anniversary show I think was probably my highlight because I was the MC for that show um, it was genuinely um, one of the biggest thrills of my life uh, I was delighted to be Howard Finkel for an evening um, it was great to be involved it was great to, to, to meet everyone and talk to everyone um, talk to the wrestlers backstage and uh, and to, to find an environment that was so open to me and like people didn't know me um, like a couple of things guys knew me from doing interviews but like most of the wrestlers didn't know me but to, to find everyone just so welcoming and helpful they wanted to help me do the best job that I could do um, so everyone there just helped me as much as they could and that encouraged me then to put in um, the best performance that I could give on the night and it was it, it was fantastic that, that Bedlam trusted me with that job of of him seeing the, the first anniversary show um, and getting involved and I'll never forget just standing behind the curtain waiting to go out it was genuinely genuinely one of the biggest thrills of my life um, waiting behind the curtain to go out hearing Marion introduce me as uh, the best dressed man in the business uh, and to walk out and actually be applauded by the Phoenix Wrestling crew uh, and uh, and fans I should say and uh, a number of my friends were there as well I had uh, some sunglasses on I, I did a Bret Hitman heart job and put my sunglasses on my cousin Dave uh, and climbed into the ring and just the atmosphere that night was absolutely electric the matches that night were absolutely fantastic it really really um, just showed um, how good wrestling is in Cork and how good all the wrestlers are uh, the nationwide wrestlers that come uh, to Cork as well so that, that anniversary show was my highlight uh, I had a great little battle with Tony that night as well Tony Kelly um mocking him over his socks and his lack of socks and just it was brilliant so when Tony uh, had a really uh, great crack to do was that night um, so yeah that was probably my highlight um, from the last four years of Phoenix like as I said Phoenix means a lot to me when my second daughter Isabel was born four years ago uh, I was wearing a Phoenix wrestling t-shirt at the hospital and so the first thing when when I held my daughter for the first time I had a Phoenix wrestling t-shirt on um, so like Phoenix wrestling will always have a, a very very um uh, close place to my heart just because of that basically um, when I look at photographs of when my daughter was born it was, it was her four, fourth birthday yesterday as I'm recording this and um, looking back in the photographs of the day she was born I'm in a Phoenix wrestling t-shirt in all of them it's absolutely fantastic um, yeah there's just been so many highlights so many great shows um, 
and uh, it, it's uh, I, I'm trying to think of even more highlights here now but obviously the, the anniversary show was my oh another highlight as well was um an interview we did with Marion and Butch when they were going head to head in the keynote and I invited them onto the show um they were under strict instructions that they couldn't touch each other during the show and throughout it um Butch was getting more and more and more wound up. I asked Butch a question about being in Marion's shadow and how he coped with that. And Butch lost the rag, said, I can't touch Marion, but I can touch you. He came over, slapped me. He didn't actually slap me. He punched me square in the face and stormed out of the interview. I'd never been punched in the face uh, in an interview before. I'm sure lots of people wanted to do it. Um, But... um, (laughs) <laughs> that was the first time I was ever punched it hurt for like a week and a bit it was that sore uh, and uh, Marion uh, on the way into the ring that night uh, he was fighting much saw me me big kiss in the head for luck and went into the ring did his business It was that was one of my favourite 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 memories um, of Phoenix Wrestling look um, it's been an absolute pleasure watching Phoenix over the last few years I'm absolutely gutted that uh, Phoenix Wrestling is no more. Um, myself and my friends, um, we planned months in advance to go to Phoenix shows. We were already planning, uh, making plans for the Christmas show. Um, and I'm actually devastated that that show won't be there. I understand why Bedlam uh, uh, can't do it anymore. I understand why Phoenix Wrestling is no more, but it still, it hurts and it sucks. And... Uh, I'm sad as a fan a Phoenix Wrestling fan that I won't be able to go to shows uh, in the Kino or uh, in the Circus Factory or wherever um, anymore uh, I just want to place on record my thanks uh, to all the wrestlers that I've spoken to over the last number of years all the wrestlers who I've seen perform um, over the last uh, number of years who've put their heart and soul into it Um it's just been amazing. Um, shout out to Justy as well. I'm a massive Justy Mark. So shout out to Justy. Got his t-shirt recently uh, with the Phoenix belt on it. So that t-shirt's already out of date. Nice one for that, Justy. Uh, but yeah, it's been a pleasure watching Justy um, over the last couple of years find his confidence in wrestling again, I think, through Phoenix Wrestling. I think it's probably fair to say. Uh, and see him be the champion and just perform just amazingly well and help as well the next generation of wrestlers come through. Uh, and that's one thing I noticed with Justy is just the amount of help that he gives to everyone is fantastic. So shout out to Justy, big, massive, massive Justy fan. But obviously, massive thanks to Bedlam, to Lynchy um, for having me involved and for helping out and for just putting on shows that I, as a wrestling fan, um, want to see and have enjoyed seeing uh, and have enjoyed going to see over the last four years. And thanks to Marion as well, who was obviously involved at the start. Uh, and who was a massive help to me uh, as well. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, we are Phoenix. We will always be Phoenix. Um, got it to see you go, guys, but thanks for the memories. Rory gave us great support and a platform like others did as well on, on the WrestleSlam podcast. Um, but Rory went above and beyond. Every time I wanted to, sh- wanted to be on the radio, local radio here in Cork, which is the number one radio station, Red FM, um, he always always facilitated me you know what I mean and brought us into the studio did it online did it virtually when we needed to during COVID but I mean amazing guy um, 
and really, really thankful that I've got I've got to know him over the years as well. And I think he sent me a picture of his daughter with him in a Phoenix shirt before anybody, he, before his mum. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? So, Rory, if you're listening, I hope you are. I uh, can't wait to see you in November. I'll actually probably call in to be on the radio next week and we can have to get some. But uh, thank you very much for everything you've done for us. Without people, without support locally like that on, 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 the, on, on the, that platform, we wouldn't be able That's to. That's another example of a fan who's like more yeah. than a fan, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He's part of the family. He's part of He's part of the Cork wrestling scene. Mm-hmm. And again, we got, him, we, got him, we got him to host uh, the first anniversary show and uh, that was really fun as well. Yeah. Big fight feeling with Rory O'Hagan, you know? Yeah. A lot of people kind of at Phoenix, you know, doing, uh, you know, outside of the ring, you know, we had Cork Keen on uh, announcing. Fionn doing all the production stuff. Um, big shout out to Fionn. Big shout out to Fionn. When did Fionn come in, just to sort of segue the Fionn? He wasn't there from the start. Fionn changed the game, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, I don't know when he... I'm, I'm trying to set up the studio, blah, blah, blah. And he said he'd come down and he'd look around and see what we could do. So, he came around, did some measuring, gave me his two cents. And, but he, he, before he ever came down, right, he, he was after downloading the the. the, the However, he got it. The plans for the play. He had, he had the, the blueprints for the fucking building he knew before I did. And he was like, this is what I do. He put the stage here, do this, do this. And I was like, wow, blew my mind. Yeah. Then he recommended I get these lights and then I end up buying the secondhand lights. He came down and he fitted them. It didn't work. So I had to go and get it fixed. I think I was with you that day. Yeah, but then we, yeah. then we got it sorted. And um, he just, um, he just kind of fucking... We came up with it. We we said we do we we do something. Uh, we came up with a with a, with a fee, and it was acceptable to both of us. And um, he's really helped the production side of things. You yeah. know, um, I would not be able. To, I wouldn't have been able to wrestle at all in Phoenix post COVID on for fun because I would have had Absolutely. to do all the. I would have had to be yeah. basically running the show like when it's happening. Isn't all the man, he's such happen. a such a, and he he does the same in the Fight Factory when he's available, mm-hmm. right? And he goes above and beyond. As above and beyond making videos. He, he just made. We just sent me a video here as we were watching. We listened to Rory O'Hagan. Amazing, um, yeah. amazing video for RCW. You're gonna love it. You are gonna love it. Mm-hmm. I was with you in the carriage and now coming home and. Uh, where was Fionn when he was working for you? He was at a Whitney Houston tribute back at <laughs> yeah. doing sound engineers and making making videos for us. Like you know, he's always on. Like, he's yeah. always on, and he's he's a, a he's wrestling a sound, fanatic. So couldn't be a nicer guy. Great at his job, mm-hmm. and he has really helped Phoenix production yeah. um, because we we've had so many chats myself and himself about lights, about videos. I went to and I got all the drapes because I was like, well, fuck it, we blacking the whole place out. Never got to use those drapes. Um, um, and then we've got laser oh man I must have broke his heart I was on about this laser for about a year <laughs> I was just I need to get a laser and I got two lasers and I'm so again one to Luke actually because it didn't really work it was a battery operator but, but anyway um, we got a laser and a smoke machine and it blew my mind I was like yes Fionn yes <laughs> and I'm happy to say that Fionn will be in the kino on the 5th of Woo! November for RCW but uh, no he's a great he's a great asset to have in fairness and he's some guy as well and he's a wrestling fan so he's winning winning as well and he put together the Scotty Duhati video actually for when we announced that. And we had that. I literally got this. Give you a little story on that, right? So I was in contact with Scotty Duhati for a little bit about the dates. And nothing was confirmed. And I wanted to announce it on that show. Good Friday. I still not heard from him. We had a, a package ready. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. Still hadn't heard from Scotty Duhati. And eventually he sent me an email that we could go ahead. And I had to pay whatever a little bit in advance just to get the booking, which is normal, right? Mm-hmm and pulled the trigger on the day of the show didn't tell LJ Cleary either that we were going to play that video and he fucking lost his absolute mind when and the pop that got as well I mean as most wrestlers will probably tell you when you get involved with wrestling promotion it seems like you do 
every job, including wrestling. And that certainly was the case for our next speaker, Dylan Turrell-Reeve, who was a kind of resident referee for Phoenix Wrestling a lot of the time and certainly was a very passionate uh, and committed member of the Phoenix Wrestling team. So let's hear from Dylan. Hello, Tom. Hope you're doing well, pal. It's Dylan Turrell-Reeve here, formerly known as Joseph Turrell, Phoenix Wrestling, homegrown, official, and damn proud of it. Here with one of my favorite memories from Phoenix Wrestling. Now, I'm lucky enough, I got to be on the first ever All-Monster Phoenix Wrestling show um, on lock, stock, and two meters apart, which was great. You know, I was I was on the, the last show as well, um, the, the four-year anniversary show, and, and obviously the... The show in Limerick as well last year, um, Fuck Your Super Kicks, I've Got a Horse Outside, still the best name for a wrestling show ever, don't at me. But my main favourite memory from Phoenix, to be honest with you, is the LJ Cleary seminar back in the summer of 2020, because this was right in the middle of COVID, and it was very hard to have anything to look forward to at that stage, as everyone can remember, but having been such a huge fan of LJ Cleary when I was going to see him at OTT shows as a fan... And to then get to learn from him and get to hear like how passionate he is about the business, you know, as as much as he's a great wrestler and, you know, one of the best up and coming stars in Europe, he's still such a fan. And that was really, really cool to see and really inspiring. And I really felt that sense of community back in the old gym out in Ballon Temple, which is such a shame we didn't get to use that to its full potential. But the memories we do have in there, I'll always hold close to my heart. And that LJ Cleary seminar with the with the kind of set up, um, almost kind of dress rehearsal show we did will always go down as one of my favourite memories, not just with Phoenix, but generally just, you know, as a wrestling fan and as a wrestling referee. Ah, it's, it's a weird feeling right now that Phoenix is no longer going to be in its current incarnation, but I'm very excited for what the future holds and... I will never be able to thank Billy Bedlam and and all the great people of Phoenix enough for the memories they've given me. And I look forward to what the future brings for all of us. Thanks for the message, Dylan. Um, Yeah, absolutely. uh, Another fantastic person that uh, we've all kind of made memories with uh, and encountered on our journey. Dylan was fantastic, though. Like the few, he wasn't on every show and he wasn't working all the time. But when he did, like he was above and beyond, you know what I mean? Incredibly enthusiastic ask you like he, he'd want everything down for himself you know what I mean mm-hmm. anything you tell him to do we go and do it and uh he was always like bigging everybody up you know what I mean like he made me feel like a fucking superstar at some points I was like Jesus like mm-hmm. he'd make you believe in yourself like you know and uh, I just want to touch off the um, he mentioned the show we did in it was September 2020 on Lockstock yeah. it was in the middle like they just stopped the lockdowns and we didn't know if oh, we're back now or we was going to get locked down again so we just threw together the show and it was all Cork talent, mainly Cork talent, all Phoenix talent that yeah. was no one really brought in. No, but and, uh, that was the show that made me go like, like what I said a while ago about thinking that we're all going to be fine if Phoenix was closed. I think without that, I might not have thought that. Yeah. Like that's where I was like, Jesus, you know, there's a fucking talented bunch down in Cork. For yeah. real. Like. I think I, I meant like, because that, yeah, that was after the first lockdown, just before maybe a second September lockdown. September 2020. Like, right in the midst. Yeah, right in the midst. That, we're so it, far yeah. removed from that now, but like, yeah. that still feels like it could have been last year, but that was over two years ago now, and like, fucking hell. You're right. It really it. did kind of, I think, because, you know, a lot of people hadn't seen each other for a long, long time there, and yeah. it kind of made you appreciate the huge. community and the locker room that we mm. had there. Um, 
Yeah. You can still watch that show on YouTube. It's all up there. It's on the. It, is, yeah. on the it was a really YouTube. fun show. Myself and Raven Creed were only talking about it recently because she had opened the book in perspective of that show in particular. It was a really fun show. Yeah. Um, and, and Dylan uh, did a great job as well. Um, to go out there and ref a whole show. Like I did, my start in wrestling was as a ref, and I said for about a year I was refing shows, and it could mm-hmm. be the whole show. And like, uh, that's the best experience I think yep. anyone can have, and that's what I would seriously recommend for anyone is get in that kind of way, and you get rid of the nerves that way, and you'd be in there with guys. You know, I ref some matches with guys. You know that I'd hope to get in the ring and wrestle someday. Yeah, you did. You got to wrestle me someday. Thank you. Know, you know, someday again. Hopefully, <laughs> who knows. I'm not sure you could always say the Cork wrestling scene was very welcoming, but certainly during the Phoenix years, it absolutely was. And I think our next speaker is really going to confirm that. As she came to the training academy from a bit of a different perspective and not necessarily the same interest or knowledge of wrestling that a lot of people had, but still found a very welcoming and inclusive environment that I think really gives a good insight to what the Phoenix training academy brought to the table. And on a personal level, she's spoken in the past about how wrestling helped her uh, her fitness and her health. And it's something that I think is very good, seeing it from a somewhat outsider perspective, at least initially. So let's hear from Vicky. It's really hard for me to pick from all the great memories I have of Phoenix. But the best thing for me that Phoenix had was how welcoming they were to anyone and everyone who came through that door. I turned up to my first training session thinking, this looks interesting, let's try it out. And I hadn't any bit of knowledge about wrestling. I didn't grow up following it. I wasn't a fan of wrestling. I'd never been to a show, whether it was Phoenix or otherwise. I didn't watch WWE or anything like that. And I walked in and was still welcomed like I was someone who was a super fan and really knew what was going on. And I was encouraged to keep going and training And I really appreciated that because after my first session, I was hooked. Thanks for the message, Vicky, uh, who uh, actually said she was going to send me another message uh, and more messages. Where's her other messages, Vicky? (laughs) Well, she had a pretty good excuse because uh, basically just before sending a message, she went into labour. Uh, and she had baby Holly, so... Uh, hey, baby Holly, clap, clap, baby Holly. <laughs> and of course, the ladies who are also expecting a uh, baby, Sam, not... Cookie baby. Not <laughs> cookie baby. Not named after um, Sam the Sham, she assured me, but I would still claim it, Sam. Just to be Come on, Sam. Yeah. Rat! Speaking of Vicky, uh, speaking of Sam, uh, the Phoenix Training Academy, Dean, you're, of course, uh, you know, going through it, uh, I suppose, more in Bedlam, uh, in that you were coming up through it mm. what uh what can you tell us about the, what it was like training with phoenix what was the kind of dynamic there like oh it was like if if, if we're going to compare it to ccw like we've been doing throughout this podcast like jesus night and day like i mean i don't even know where to begin there is the, the feeling because I, I was obviously like i said i wasn't there for the first kind of year of phoenix so when i came in i was a bit a bit nervous kind of like a guy's going to accept me again uh am i going to be able to get back into this i'm going to feel like a new guy again but that wasn't the case at all. I was welcome back in open arms and it was just such a family feeling. Like, you know, I always equate it to like a, this opening scene in any Fast and Furious when they're all having a barbecue <laughs> before the car start crashing. And The Rock is there as well. Is that kind of feeling? Yeah, The Rock was there, you know. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, oh, we did have a barbecue. We did have a barbecue. Before the car epic, crashed. epic barbecue. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the feeling was always just like, it was just such a good family fucking communal feeling everyone yeah. working and helping each other like uh, it was not it wasn't just about self-improvement and your own goals you wanted to see everyone else do better which wasn't 
necessarily the case before, you know. Yeah. Um, and definitely was the case in Phoenix. And people like Vicky and Sam and uh, anyone who just really blossomed through that training, big shout out to them. Like, um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, yeah, nice yeah. to hear from you, Vicky. Yeah, nice to hear from you as well, Dylan. Um, Dylan, Dylan is a class act. In fairness, very, very great, great, great. And uh, uh, we hope mm-hmm. I, I will, will definitely see him. In an RCW yeah. ring as a referee soon. Um, it's actually a good thing, I think, to, um, that we're hearing all these voice notes, like we mentioned, that were recorded before anybody knew that Cork Wrestling would have some sort of comeback. Now, you might say, oh, that's a bad because it's not based in the current reality, but I think what we're hearing now are people's true reactions. Yeah, some of it's a bit yeah. sad, some of it's a bit somber, but like it's actually good. To be fair, it does put a lot of things into perspective, um, yeah. listening to people. and we've, yeah. we've heard a lot from a lot of people lot of here truth. tonight, and mm-hmm. um, it... it, it I suppose it goes to show. It makes me glad that the decisions that we've made, mm-hmm. and we're going to move forward. Yeah. But um, you mentioned the training school. Right? We've had we had a couple of different renditions of the training school. We were in Douglas, we were in Ballinlock, and we were in Limerick for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think it was always important for us to open our own training school straight away when we were opening. Um, even though from a financial perspective, it. it didn't it wasn't a good idea, but from a people's perspective, it was very important to have yeah. to have a base and a place. And like I was fucking putting down flooring and putting up posters, you know. I I loved that school and I loved both of the schools that we had in Cork. They were like my babies. Mm. I really it broke my heart when um when when we couldn't afford it anymore, you know. Really, really did affect me. Um, um but when like we used to have some great training sessions, some great nights. Mm. Uh Raven Creed uh, led the charge for a long time training people on our own. Um, as kind of our head trainer, Butch Armstrong was uh, was uh, was around as well. Um, in that perspective, um, we had some fucking fantastic seminars because we used to do mm-hmm. training days with Wrestle Slam. So we used to we used to nearly do weekenders, and that's how we got to know a lot of the guys from Fight Factory. They used to come down. Myself and Owen Richards became very good friends. Um, since since he's 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 come down with LJ Cleary, um, um, Jay Money, and, and and the likes of others. And they'd stay my gaff, and we'd go out for and Justin'd come down to a wrestle slam that night, or or Debbie, and you know they'd stay over. We go out, and we'd have a few drinks, and that's how you that's how you build up a band, right? And I think over COVID, I think myself and Owen Richards became great friends. We we still to this day ring each other every day, like do you know what I mean. And I suppose he's listening to my bullshit a lot more than anybody else has to listen. He's like a therapist at this point, but anyway. The, the training school itself, I suppose, it, it was really important for us then to have LJ come down doing seminars. Yeah. Session Matt did a fantastic day with us as well. Really, really, really positive experiences. Um, and then when we needed to 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 caveat slightly, we moved to Limerick for a year. And Steve, uh, Steve did a great job. Steve Savage facilitating the, the training school in Phoenix and Limerick. Um, and LJ was coming down on the on the train yeah, on a Tuesday weeks, yeah. or every two every every second Tuesday or every Tuesday. I was driving down on occasion for, to to try and get there. Uh, and then we should bring a few people down with us. So it was always a bit of crack as well. And uh, I must say as well, Martin Steers was always a great guy to have around any training session. Any room he's in is better because he's in. A, he's, <laughs> a, he's a great guy. And again, look at... He's very guy. quiet though, I would say. He's very unassuming, yeah. very yeah. quiet guy. He like, should project more. He should, he should, he should get, come out of his shell a little bit more, I, I feel. Um, but he's having some great matches as well. And it was great to, to work with him and Klong in, in, in Phoenix, you know. Yeah. And I've no doubt we'll work with each other again in the future. But um, the training school was vital. I'm not going to miss running a training school though. That's one thing that I I really don't personally don't have time for, and I I I I can't have that in my life at the moment because I I've gone I've gone I'm, I'm I am coming winding down in that regard. Mm-hmm. I have would a certain you, amount of time. Would you to say it's on? Would you say it's uh, that you learn maybe not to look at it under the same umbrella as running promotion? 
Yeah. But then it's not just the same thing. Like it's, it's, two different, different businesses. it's completely different. And I suppose sometimes they get entwined and unnecessary and, and yeah. they shouldn't be. Whereas this is, you kind of, yeah. I do think there should be a wrestling school in Cork, by the way. And I, I do think there will be one again. Um, maybe it'll be under an RCW umbrella with me not having anything to do with it. But I, I do genuinely think in the next 12 months, the Tom Pot Academy, we yeah. probably will see the Sam the Sham Academy. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that they should be, and I think they will be. But um, again, we've had people like Weird O'Connor come through. He's a Phoenix, Phoenix trainee. We're into Phoenix originally, I think he yeah. is. Yeah. He's, if you want to talk about someone who started in Phoenix, like he, yeah. don't think it was anywhere near CCW. No, no he wasn't. Yeah. He, he was a Phoenix original. He's yeah. pure yeah. Phoenix original, homegrown. Yeah, 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 yeah graduated the academy, like yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Luke did a great job, and Emma did a great job. I mean, Luke, to be fair, Luke did a, was was training people for a long, the longest time at the very start, oh, yeah. while juggling jobs and getting trains up and down to Cove, and even the early days of him having a baby. Do you know? What I mean, does. He's a big part of why like there's any recognition I think for a lot of cock wrestlers absolutely character wise because it's stuff that like uh, yeah wouldn't have been happening other places in the country. I mean for his theater background, so he always had an emphasis. On oh that. yeah, absolutely. No, like, yeah. It, it was the perfect storm with the way we were we set it up at the start with mm-hmm. different different of us different input. I don't think Phoenix would have succeeded if it was if it, if Luke hadn't been involved. Or I don't think it would have succeeded if I hadn't been involved. I think it was had to be in the, the, the right people at the right it's like time. It's the Avengers. You know? But, um, yeah, look, that's the, yeah, that's the Academy. You. And uh, and uh, um, it was a really, really positive, I've nothing but positive positive vibes from yeah. the Academy. I think, like, the, the most like, that I can add to that is, like, when I first got involved with Phoenix, I, I got involved because uh, I had a podcast. Luke was, like, had a podcast. He was like, we're going to set up a podcast network. We might need a ring announcer. And he was like, you know, just come down and, and try it out. And in my head, I was like, look, like I love going to Phoenix shows, but I, you know, you know, when you don't know behind the scenes, you're kind of like, how mm-hmm. how different is it to to what CCW was on mm-hmm. on paper? It looks amazing. It looks different. And I was kind of, I suppose, I had a bit of trepidation of seeing. What I was like, but as soon as I went down to the academy and saw the, how that was functioning differently, I was like, you know, it's true. All all the, everything that's positive here is is what is actually happening because like. Seeing like uh, people, uh, you know, do a match. Seeing Raymond Green give like proper detailed notes. Seeing how like mm-hmm. she was always a good trainer. Like, mm-hmm. like I've said yeah. before, she was genuinely. I've had a lot of great trainers. Hard in ass. Sports. Tough as fuck. Yeah, let's be clear. But um, she, the way she'd even evolved since I'd last seen her coach, I was like, this is on another level. This is exactly what it needs to be. And uh, how could you not want to be involved mm-hmm. uh, when you see it function yeah. that? I do want to mention uh, another person, uh, Dan Manning, Roscom Dan on Twitter wrote into me and he said that uh, a long time uh, fan and had an involvement as we'll hear here he says I'm not a wrestler at all but got a chance to train down there for a justy training day in July 2019 and got to be fake Billy Bedlam on a gym show battle royal and will always be grateful for being trusted for that moment just want to show my appreciation to the guys especially Billy for all the road trips and friends I have made through Phoenix which are plenty of people and hopefully when when RCW gets started we'll see you down at the next one yeah a lot of great stories uh, from the, the training academy Oh, could it be? We've already arrived at the end. Not quite. I'm actually going to do a, a bit of chatting for a second um, because I'm going to talk a little bit about my own memories. Now, you might say, Tom, that sounds like padding. And you know what? It kind of is. <laughs> but I, I hopefully I'll have a bit of a different insight as a, as a ring announcer um, of Phoenix Wrestling for a while now. And, you know, I think uh, there's some personal memories I want to talk about about my own experience. Uh, working as a ring announcer for Phoenix. I do want to give uh, a big shout out to uh, to Marie, who was the ring announcer for Phoenix before me, who uh, was always giving me very helpful advice, which I still have not been able to, <laughs> to master it quite the way she did. I tend to lose my voice at the end of every show, but uh, I'm still trying to get a bit better at it. But 
I would say my first ever show was Phoenix Rising, which was, I think, in October 2019. And at that point, I'd only been, you know, making podcasts and YouTube videos for about eight months, which uh, if you actually know me, like, personally, that's really out of character for me. I was like, I was like a quiet, ignore me, leave me alone. Uh, who is this guy? <laughs> uh, guy for a long time. So when I started making that stuff, I kind of came out of my shell a bit. And I don't know if I was really ready to, to announce a show when I when I started. Uh, I was still very nervous, very quiet, not really comfortable. I didn't really find my footing at that first show at all. I, I feel like anyone could have could have done that show uh, and done as good, if realistically, probably a better job. I just wasn't happy with how it went, honestly. But uh, I, I also someone who only ever sees the negative um, in this kind of stuff, unfortunately. But then I just, like I said, wasn't comfortable. Um, and then by the second show, I kind of had the opposite problem, which was uh, we had a small Christmas gym show in Douglas. Uh, and I went... Uh, a bit too long I was a bit too comfortable <laughs> um, and I got reminded uh, that your intro is too long stop talking and you're you know I got, and by I say I got reminded I mean aside from hearing uh, I think it was Bedlam shout from the back like you know like wrap it up Tom or something like that <laughs> um, I got a couple of uh, you know, a few slap nuts uh, to make Jeff Jarrett proud yeah Luke Barry that's Skyler Butch Armstrong yeah I remember their names because <laughs> it's burned into my memory guys if I ever can't have kids I'm coming for your firstborns. That's actually a bit weird because Luke Barry does have a kid. Okay. Uh, no, it's, I, I'm, I'm not going to cut that out, but you know, I'll cut it out in my heart. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a it was a fun show. I think the the first show where I feel like I kind of finally got it was in February. We did that Langer So Langer. Uh, he can't even find his own Langer, which was an amazing show, top to bottom. Uh, one of my favorite shows, but I also felt like I just kind of found what my role was meant to be there. I got to come out singing, which was fun. Um, I cracked a few jokes that seemed to go over pretty well and I was like man this is how I do it from now on I'm going to announce shows with this sort of style and the problem was then we had COVID <laughs> like a month later and uh, yeah by the time I came back from COVID I wasn't really sure if I knew how to do it anymore it took a bit of time to adjust uh, it didn't help that you know the first few shows were in Limerick and you know, uh, I, I kind of overthink things uh, a lot and you know especially when you have to drive up to Limerick you're you're only in your own head, you know, and like I, I just found it very hard. And I, I went back to being nervous, uh, very not entirely sure of how to do it. Maybe it's just that Limerick crowds don't have as much time for my shit as Cork crowds do. <laughs> I don't know, um, but you know, uh, it's just something I found very, very tricky to do. Um, when I came back, but I do think overall the the shows didn't suffer that badly. I think the shows were still good, uh, and I don't think I was terrible or anything. I just kind of maybe it was a bit rusty, and I think a lot of people were coming out of that, but. Uh, you know, I'm just a bag of nerves at every show, to be honest, even when I feel like I can do a good job. Uh, like, don't come to me at the start of a show before the show has happened because I like you would get nothing out of it. You get two words. Um, and it's very noticeable even when I have to go up to wrestlers and be like, how do you want to be announced? And they're like, um, you've announced me like like the last few months. You, it's the same shit. And you're like, um, yeah, what's your name again? <laughs> and you're like, you have it written down already. You're like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of a... Uh, yeah, I'm not very good <laughs> on show days uh, until the show is over, really. Uh, and maybe not even then. But I do have a lot of positive memories um, coming out of my time as a ring announcer for Phoenix. I mean, the big one for me, they're very personal ones. Obviously, I've talked about favorite matches and that kind of things throughout the podcast. But one of my favorite moments was the first big show we had in Cork after COVID. Uh, I think it was called Never Far From Home, something like that. Uh, I got to be the one to bring out the Empress Championship and announced that the match was now to determine the new empress. Oh, man. Freaking awesome. To just have that moment that was totally a surprise. Shock to me. Uh, anytime I get to do something that's not just like saying, like, making their way to the ring. Um, 
I love it. Uh, and to be a part of that, I announced that was such an awesome moment. Uh, I mean, it was an awesome moment in general, but the fact that I got to have a little part of it, I just loved it. Uh, it was so damn cool. Aside from that, it's, it's, it is really hard uh, to pick moments, but I want to just say like the keynote, getting to announce in the keynote is something that, you know, was the first thought when I was like, yeah, they're like you're gonna ring announce. I'm like, oh man, God, I wish the keynote was sit around. Because if you're in Cork and you you know, like the keynote is like Schrodinger's cat, you know, it's a cons- it, it's always alive and dead. You know, it's opening, it's closing, it's going to be turned into apartments. Oh, it's back to being a cinema. Great. Um, it's the home of Cork wrestling, though. It absolutely is. Uh, as a fan, I saw loads of shows there. I saw, you know, I worked shows there as I was kind of coming up uh, through the Cork scene a little bit. And to get a chance to do that just felt like full circle. And uh, well, honestly, one of my first thoughts when I finished those was, God, I'm so glad at least I got to do those two shows in the keynotes before before I wrapped up, um, which is was awesome. Uh, and thankfully, we're going to be back there. So uh, no tears for me here. Uh, you know, obviously, getting a chance to meet some wrestlers who I was uh, fans of uh, and respected and admired the, their work as performers um, was was awesome. But as much as I, <laughs> I don't want to bury anyone, but let's be honest, I got a chance to announce Scotty Too Hotty. That is fucking cool. That is the one where someone's like, oh, have you ever done this? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Scotty Twatty? And they're like, whoa. <laughs> it's kind of, it's cool. It's just fucking sick. That's also where we're going to leave it. Thank you if you if you listen to this podcast, if you manage to get through my rambling <laughs> ideas and thoughts. Thank you for doing so. Please, uh, if you did enjoy this, give this a positive review on Spotify and subscribe. I know everyone says that. It actually does help, though, believe it or not. So if you can, really, really would uh, appreciate it. We will be back next week for the final part of We Were Phoenix. We want to talk about the other championships in Phoenix Wrestling and the champions who held them. Here are a few new voice messages, maybe some surprising ones. Don't worry, it's not Mr. Charlie. Never Mr. Charlie. I think I'm actually going to be able to leave this bunker I've been hiding in for the last few weeks as this went out, because I think we're in the clear, folks. Either way, we'll be back with the final part of We Were Phoenix next week. You're listening to a pop cult pod.